This is the Epic Life Podcast. Hey, this is Eric Knopf, and you're listening to the Epic Life Podcast. In this episode, I interview Eric Waterbury, and we talk about intentionality in relationships. And we talk about a tool that we use among our ministry um, called the Circles of Covenant. And this helps you prioritize and categorize and be intentional about the relationships in your life, helps to govern the decisions you make. And so this episode, we talk about that tool, how you can use it, how it'd be helpful in your life, as well as we talk about some of our bitter disagreements we've had over the years, how we resolve them. And so if you want to develop intentionality, in your relationships and have a better structure. This episode is for you, so we hope you enjoy it. What's up, Mr. Waterbury? Uh, I'm I'm about to find out. What are we talking about tonight? <laughs> you mean you don't know? <laughs> no, I never know until you start talking. You almost act like you want to be prepared for these things. Uh, of course not. I have absolutely no control issues in my whole life. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk to you about when I was getting ready to meet with you, you pulled out a bullseye and you were scribbling in this bullseye. Uh, but this bullseye is not your typical bullseye. This bullseye had names written in the different concentric circles. And for those of you who are familiar with Mr. Waterbury in our ministry, he was working on his circles of covenant. Oh. Do you want to share a little about your Circles of Covenant, what it is, uh, what it looks like, and just generally about Circles of Covenant uh, and how you use it and what it is? Sure. It's four circles with the one in the middle being the smallest and then each circle around the circle before it a little bit bigger. And uh, the inner circle is... Actually, that is that's where the my inner circle names go. I have five names. I actually just added a sixth one tonight. You added me six times. That's that's really <laughs> really nice. No, I have you in there once. Once <laughs> is quite enough. Thank you. <laughs> um, the circles of covenant is something that I uh, put together uh, about. I don't know eight years ago, maybe. And then shortly thereafter realized Einstein, it doesn't take an Einstein to do it. Numerous people were doing it, but we've used it in our ministry and I've used it in my life and update it. I try to update it at least once a month. It helps me make choices. Uh, it's very easy to fill your life with people sometimes and to think that because you're meeting with a lot of people, if you're if you're in a ministry position or even just a real life position, just everyday life. Wow. I have a lot of friends, but I want to be very intentional about who I become. And so much of who any of us become is predicated by the people that we actually intentionally choose to make a part of our journey and how close we let those people come into our lives. So the circles of covenant is documenting those who are your most intimate circles that you share certain details of your life with. And then as the circles go out represents other people who are close, but maybe right. have different privilege or different levels of access. Right. Is that right? Yep. So what separates the person from the very middle from the next ring out and so forth? Uh, my inner circle is a circle of people who know me really well. 
it's kind of like having a personal board for your life. And those are the people that I run all major life decisions by. Like if you're starting a business, starting a ministry, quitting a business, dating somebody, buying a car, buying a house, uh, any major purchase, any major life relationship decision, um, those people are chosen not because they're like me, but because they know my blind spots and they've actually walked with me in life. Because you can meet people and you think, wow, we have almost an instant connection. But these are people that are time-tested that I've known, I think, the smallest amount of time that I've known uh, would be the the people in my inner circle. One of the men who actually has a huge impact on my life, I've been in a relationship where I've actually interacted with him a great deal for four years. Everybody else is beyond that. And I value them because they know my blind spots. So if I'm making a big decision, it can look really attractive, but I have blind spots and I don't always see them. And I trust these people to point things out when I ask and also when I don't ask. I interact with them enough to where if they see me doing something dumb or stupid, they will speak up and go, hey, I don't think that's in your best interest or, you know, you need to stop. I think there have to be people in your life who hold the shut up and sit down card while I talk. (laughs) Where (laughs) they just, you know, I'm being stupid and they're like, here, let me lay this card in the middle of the table. It trumps everything you're talking about. Listen to me before you do something that's going to blow your leg off. So your circles of covenant represent those who you are reserving exclusive permission to speak into your life to a certain degree that you don't necessarily grant everybody else. That's the inner circle. Inner circle. Right. They all have something that I admire, respect, and want my life to be more like. Uh, One of them is uh, quite a bit older than me because it's my spiritual father. Then there's, I think the other five are all younger than me. A couple of them are like 30 years younger than me. How do you think most people do relationships? Is it just kind of like, I have friends and I just have one big pot of friends. Do you think most people organize and prioritize relationships the way that you do with your circles of covenant? Uh, I don't think so. I only learned to do it through um, making some really huge decisions that did not work out like I thought they would. And so I began to think about my life. And also, I think, particularly in Western culture, we're so afraid to be known and to be transparent. Everybody says, oh, I'm not at all afraid to be known. But I think known for a lot of our culture is, you see me on Facebook, you know me. And I think the persona that social media presents is by and large, not really uh, maybe the deepest level that we should seek in being known. What happens when all of your relationships are treated equally and there is no categorization or even prioritization? Um, what happens to someone's life if just I just have friends and they're just my friends? What happens when you live your life as kind of like a one size fits all with your friends and relationships? 
I think you don't really develop much unless you're just an amazing person and everybody in your life is an amazing person. I think you probably don't develop much depth and it's just a part of the life experience. I've never known a person who didn't go through some pretty extreme valleys because that's just part of being a human. And at those times, you really have nothing to lean on because nothing in your, no relationship in your life has had any test. Because really, if you've never had a fight with the people that you consider to be your best friends, you don't have a best friend. Well, we've never disagreed ever. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you're rude lying and on an international <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what I love about Circles of Covenant and you know, I'm, I'm asking, you know, cause I know a lot of people don't do it, but it's something that I practice. We practice a lot of people are ministry practice. What I love about it is it actually helps you navigate rules for when you disagree. It's not, these are the people who agree with me. It's like the people who I know who love me enough to tell me no, but I reserve the permission for them to disagree with me and to, uh, yield myself to their opinion and their relationship with me to tell me I'm wrong. Yep. You're seeing this a different way. Yep. Uh, and I think it's so powerful. Oh, if, if somebody in my inner circle tells me, no, don't do that. I'm, I'm going to take a long time before I take a step in that direction. Because the people in that circle have my best interests at heart. They totally love me. They believe in me. They sometimes have a bigger vision for my life even than I do. And um, my sister is one of the people in my inner circle. And if she tells me no, or don't do that, I'm just like, okay. See, that's so unique. Isn't it like, if I feel it, do it. If I want it, like how unusual is it for someone to position their lives to say, I'm gonna reserve an opinion in my life that tells me no, and I'm not the final say. It's basically circles of covenant are, are basically declaring, I'm not the final say of my own life. I think submission, which also isn't hugely popular in the Western culture, um, and it's not, I mean, it's not something people are even afraid to preach about because people aren't going to tithe on a submission Sunday. <laughs> but uh, Riveting. They just filled the pews <laughs> of the talk on submission. I just think if you have no one in your life that you will willingly submit to uh, even as much as you want something. I really question how well, if you never practice it horizontally, I and I don't see that in someone's life, I'm pretty cautious about really entering into a deep relationship with someone who doesn't even know how to practice it horizontally because the chances of them practicing it vertically with God are not very high either. Explain that more. What do you mean by horizontally? Horizontally is person to person. If there's nobody in your life who has the stop card, you know, and who can just stop you in your tracks, regardless of the head of steam that you've built up or the justification that you think you need to move forward with, I, to me, that's just, that's a dangerous place to live. Basically, if you don't yield to a brother or sister, why would you yield to God? Right. How has that benefited you in being intentional in these relationships where you're reserving the right for people to speak into your life, how has that advanced you? What benefits and ways has, has it worked for you? I can remember one example 
I thought that I was being loyal to a person I had a relationship with. So for two years, I kept something quiet to myself. And the Holy Spirit actually revealed that's actually a dangerous person in your life. And I still took two weeks before I said a word to anyone. And I called my sister and said, hey, this is what I have realized about this person. And she was like, yeah, have you, we saw that when you were with us. And I'm like, what? And she said, have you told Eric Knopf? Because you were the head of our ministry and this person was in our ministry. And I said, no. And she said, get off the phone and call Eric right now. I was like, okay. And then she hung up. <laughs> and then I called you. And that began uh, just a journey of towards wholeness that if I had just kept going or Sherry had just uh, listened and then not said anything, I don't know when I would have made that phone call. And that was, that was actually a relationship that was devastating my life. And I was completely oblivious to it because I was overcommitted. <laughs> I think people would be surprised and interested to know that you and I have shared some uh, sparks. Sparks? <laughs> That's such a nice word some for Some dumpster it. fires together. Because <laughs> we work really well together. Yep. As particularly on the, maybe from the outsider looking in level. But we've been at this for over 10 years. And we've had some good, good oh, tangles. Heaven yes. So for those who are curious about this, why don't you describe kind of how you do conflict? You can share any of our stories. I don't care. Um, but maybe fill in how, why, and how we've resolved it and worked through it and how, I guess, the role of this covenant relationship, you know, helps navigate when you disagree. Well, I think think you taught me a lot because because you were the entrepreneur and you owned your own business and I was in a ministry uh, with a nonprofit and so I also could we had flexible schedules in the early days of our ministry together we would have some sharp disagreements or like we would start texting in fact you remember when we made the rule <laughs> we made a rule that if either of us said stop texting, the other one had to text, stop texting. And we actually completely stopped trying to work anything out through texting. We never text if we have an issue. And um, I, though, was much better at bottling things up uh, just based on experiences that I had in the past. And so you and I would disagree sharply and you would go meet me at Starbucks on 65th and Folsom. And I'm like, when it started, I'm like, now? And you're like, yeah, I'll see you in 15 minutes. And I was like, this is insane. But what that helped us do, we we never, things just didn't get to ride. Moving on the disagreement immediately before right. it becomes right. a forest fire. Right. It's really strategic. Like it could feel like a forest fire because we both have <laughs> sure. big egos. We both always think we're right. Especially well, I am. <laughs> I mean, all of our disagreements have been when you challenged that premise. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but I have learned my place. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> One of my favorite memories is you and I were going so fast and furious over text. Yep. And I was upset. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to meet. And you're and you reply, I'm outside your house already. You <laughs> in the middle 
of our fierce disagreement, you decide to drive while still texting, might I add, refuting. Why do you have to confess my sins over the podcast? <laughs> and you were hot. I was hot. And I kept saying, we need to get together. And you're like, no, I'm not going to. And so finally you were like, all right, I'll meet. And I said, great. I'm at the end of the driveway. Get out here. Yep. And what I do, I came out with what? With a bottle of wine and two wine glasses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was really powerful, too. I remember another time that we met at Starbucks at 65th and Folsom. And I was so mad I could not see straight. I, I remember was, this, too. Oh, my God. I was furious. <laughs> I was in Roman's yellow truck. And you got in to talk to me. And we were talking. And all of a sudden, I realized what I was really upset about was not what was actually happening between us. It was triggers that had been pulled from things that had been done to me in the past. And when I realized it, I just instantly, and I also started crying really hard, I remember that. And I said, this actually has nothing to do with you. This is old triggers from the past. And it's just being willing to get together, even when you have super strong feelings and but with a commitment of we're going to move towards each other so i don't think we wouldn't when we got together like that we didn't bash at each other we just said this is how i feel or this is what it feels like you're doing but then we also gave each other a chance to talk and we didn't accuse each other we just we actually hurt each other then the longer that we did that kind of communication and prioritized connection Eventually, like we still have disagreements. I we always will because mm -hmm. we're very different. Mm -hmm. uh, but we just talk about it, and it's very it's it's no anxiety. There's nothing at risk because if we were gonna leave our relationship, we've done that a long time ago. <laughs> what I've appreciated about the times that we've had some really challenging discussions and disagreements is that you'll send a text that says nothing about what happens changes. Yeah. What I feel about you, how I'm committed to you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think Chris Valentin had said that uh, loyalty is tested when you disagree. Yep. That we think loyalty is about how much we agree. Yep. But you don't know if you're loyal until we disagree. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really powerful because what, the circles of covenant does basically it identifies I'm committed to these people. I'm committed to a way of life, an area of my life. And despite what bumps might happen on the other side of this, my commitment still stands. Yep. And that I think is as we've had disagreements knowing like I've made a covenant, I've made a commitment. We, we, we've aligned ourselves missionally Yep. That situation we're disagreeing, but missionally we're aligned and and our futures are aligned. And it's like, well, we're going to be stuck together, <laughs> so we better figure it out. Yeah, and even sometimes, like, we've done services before where we, we were in agreement about what we were doing, but there was still some residue or maybe some, you know, it's like, okay, we that was really a great fight. <laughs> you know? But it doesn't stop us doing what we're doing. Because we're not here to retaliate or, or we're, we had a disagreement, we're moving forward. So it doesn't really matter what, what happened. Because tonight we have a service to run and 
we totally agree on all the things that really matter in life. I do appreciate a friend that, I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. I mean, it kind of implies there's going to be sparks. <laughs> uh, can you have iron sharpening iron without sparks? And there's a lack, I think, of people who have relationships where the other person loves them enough to disagree with them and stand up. Yeah. And it's not very often. It's not fun to have someone who maybe calls you to task, mm-hmm. but it's this, it's this really sacred privilege in relationships to say, our relationship's safe enough for me to voice my opinion. And I know it's going to upset you and you're going to be angry, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. I think even this year, I know for myself, I went to a different place of vulnerability with you and arguing and actually not so much arguing, that's not the right word, but saying, this is what I need. And I think I, um, I wasn't great at that. Haven't been great at it in the past. And it's actually taken us to a completely different place or taken me. So that does impact us to a completely different place of confidence and security and actually more wildly than before being my total self. And that translates to joy in my personal life. Um, all the stuff that we do where our lives are really intertwined. So there's a lot more freedom, creativity, fun, spontaneity. When we have a service to run or something where we know what we're doing, we know each other super well. So even if something goes wrong, it's like, eh, it's not the first time and it certainly won't be the last. This is no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the criteria if someone's listening and they've never thought about the intentionality of relationships? Yeah. What are the attributes of someone who is deserving of being in the inner circle of your life? Well, that's different for different people. And I think one of the things, like, I, there's some people who talk about uh, circles of covenant. They have different words for it. Danny Silk comes to mind, and I love how he does it. Um, the way that I've always taught it is... Um, I'm not trying to get you to be me nor to do this like I do it, but figure out what your own criteria is. For me, for my inner circle, it's uh, I, I like direct communication. I don't like anything that's passive aggressive or left up to the imagination. Um, so I prize that. I prize integrity, just telling the truth, even if it's something that's awkward or you know, something I'd rather not hear. Um, I like someone who I feel like does have vision for my life and um, isn't, um, I have flaws and I I also have a strong personality. So as somebody- Shocking. (laughs) Yeah, especially to you, because you're such a weak little thing, but. (laughs) Thanks. I, I just like somebody who will let me be as big as I am, but also if I start acting like I I think I'm too big for my britches, will let me know that earlier than later. Because I'd rather hear it from those people than people who don't really love me. And the people who don't really love me, particularly when you have a catalytic personality like mine, they will let you know pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I think, um, and I'll speak from my experience, 
um, with you is that it's a safe person yep. to be completely broken with. Yep. And there's um, some unfortunate car drives we've taken together where I just like lost my chickens. <laughs> and just like there's no one on earth like I wish we could just delete the you know memories and the experience but there's just times where life like you you just I can't take it right and I'm just gonna like let it out raw and ugly and 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 to be in the presence of somebody who can just be in the room with you as you completely let loose yeah uh, is a really special privilege and uh, you've been that for me a number of times. <laughs> Well, and I think that's gone both ways, you know, because there have been times I've had what I felt like was abysmal failures and your uh, response is, has always been, I'm really sorry that happened. And that, uh, when you're looking at yourself and you feel like you're such a loser, to hear that response, that's so, uh, it it just wraps God's arms around you, you know, because I'm pretty tough on myself. So I think for Circles of Covenant, um, my first inner circle is the one that we just talked about. Then I have another circle beyond that of people that I feel like are lifetime friends, people that I want to be in relationship with. It's still important. It's still important. They still have access to your life. Absolutely. And also people that I, I also talk to those people. I put my life in front of those people. I just have the inner circle identified because when my back is to the wall and I have to make a quick decision, I've already thought about who am I going to take these situations to. So I go to them instantly. But my lifetime friends, there's a wealth of knowledge and experience and love for me. And uh, once again, iron sharpening iron just amazing people. And I've been blessed with uh, a ton of those people. I, f I feel myself to be really wealthy in that area. And then there's a circle beyond that, that is if I, for me. And so a lot of people define these differently. You have to figure out how do you define your own circles. But my third circle is if I was going to throw a big party for myself, I'd certainly want these people there because I really enjoy them. And then the fourth circle is people for me that uh, I'm not quite sure why they're in my life, but I don't want to forget them because I look at my circle of covenant page and make sure that I'm actually intentionally working those people into my life. And sometimes uh, it's not like I don't fill out the page and then, okay, this is my life. Because as you grow with people, you realize, wow, some people... My inner circle hasn't changed. Only one name has ever even changed in that inner circle. Um, but the other circles, as you get to know people, you're like, I really, I would still invite you to my party, but I'm not sure that you value me enough or I value you enough to be lifetime friends or, you know, um, I don't know, life just happens. So that's more of a dynamic, the, the, uh, three circles outside of the inner circle are more dynamic. So like sometimes I'll put a circle around someone's name and put with an arrow to a different circle. <laughs> and the reason I do that is because if I get two birthday party invitations and they're at the same time, I just look at where are they at in my inner circle. And so my decision is made. Even if I feel closer to somebody, but they're in a circle that's further out from the inner circle 
That's just not how it works. Cause you can, you can get to the end of your life and have a bunch of friends that really don't care that much about you because you tried to be there for everybody. And that's unrealistic. And the older I get, and the more that I watch people's lives, the more intentional I am about exactly what I'm doing with my own life. I think it's really helpful to know that there's going to be choices you have to make sometime or in conflict or opposition to other commitments and to order your commitments according to the order of your circles. Right. I think one of the other things that comes to mind is if I have... Uh, a covenant friend and they're a lifetime friend and they marry someone, that person gets the same level of commitment that my covenant friend already has. They don't have to earn that. I would never tell somebody something who's married and say, don't tell anybody. Because if they can't tell their wife or their husband, then I need to tell somebody who's single. What moves someone deeper into the circles and what demotes people into other outer circles? Uh, time and, and experience. The longer that you walk with people, the more you realize what their words actually mean. It's so easy to say things that don't have any substance. And so someone can really be excited about who they perceive me to be. And then the longer they know me, they're like, wow. I don't, I don't like you as much as I thought I did. <laughs> and so that starts showing up in little ways, or it can be vice versa, you know? Uh, so I think the more that you, because it, it's not like a popularity thing. It's actually, these are people whose lives I want my life to look like, or we're headed in the same direction. Not all of them have the same theology I do. Not all of them have the same, they're not the same color. They don't have the same shape. They different gender, but all of us, we have some, just some core things that are significant to me. What moves someone from an interior circle out to an outer circle or even off the page? Yeah. Um, something for me that is really significant is not being truthful. Like lying to me is... And sometimes, like with some of my covenant friends, uh, silence is actually lying. Or if they ask me a question, I tell them I'm, I'm fine, but I'm not. I just lied. I don't feel safe with people who cannot tell the truth or who choose not to tell the truth. Why? Because they're untrustworthy. Um, and that also requires me to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So I've got to watch my own self, you know, and people ask me a question and it'd be so much easier to give a cosmetic answer or some words that have great aesthetics, but no substance. And so I just, I cherish my friends. I cherish their spouses, their kids. And so I try to be really careful how I enter into those relationships, especially people with kids. I'm very careful with little hearts because adults have disagreements and children never understand that. That's really good. Last thoughts for people who are curious about this, how to apply it and adopt it in their life. Any other thoughts on circles of covenant? Uh, yeah. When I fill out 
the Circle of Covenant page, and I actually have trained a ton of people to do this. I, I fill it out exactly the way I'm currently living it. So whoever I go to the most and then the next circle, however, whatever criteria you want to put on your four circles, I do it the way I'm currently doing it. I give it 48 to 72 hours and then I go back and look at it and I actually pray about it. And I, I look at where are those people and do I want my life to look like the people who are in the inner circle? That one's the one I pay the most attention to. And for me anymore, if I haven't known people for a while, uh, I'm going to, they're a lifetime friend and I might go to them a lot, but I'm still paying attention because I have just learned that longevity is super important. The only name I ever took out, I knew them six months and I put them in there in the inner circle. And that was a mistake. It brought me a, a ton of devastation. Cause it was too soon. Yeah. The, the time reveals yeah. who belongs Absolutely. in the inner circle. Yep. And, and in the lifetime circle too. You know, and I don't, I don't show it. The other significant thing, I do not show my Circles of Covenant page to anybody. Oh, I thought we were going to provide your current circles a download for people listening. No, here to, nice try. You know, that was yeah. untruthful. I okay. trust you less now. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to scratch my name out of that inner circle now. <laughs> Demoted. I don't show anybody my page. That way it stays honest. Yeah. And so then I keep making excellent decisions that are really truthful. Because it's just a tool. It doesn't say anything about their value as a human being. It's just who fits with my life and who who do I feel like their family or chosen family to me. Not even all my family members in the past have been on my Circles of Covenant page. Because, I mean, the rules apply. If, if I get two phone calls and one of them is from somebody in the inner circle and from somebody who's further out, it's easy for me to make a decision on whose phone call I'm going to take. And to the, which degree you sacrifice yourself. Cause you, you are someone who gives of themselves to such a sacrificial degree yeah. that having a prioritization right. and to know where basically other relationships stand with you, help you understand to the degree that you're going to extend yourself. Exactly. Yep. yep. Super good. It's really fun talking. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Awesome. And uh, we will, on our Epic Life website, under resources, there's a downloads link and you can download a sample Circles of a Covenant. That's blank. Um, so if you want to adopt this, that is on our website, epiclife.org. And under resources and download links, you'll find Circles of Covenant. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Epic Life podcast. If you want to be the first to know when a next episode is available, we can text you a link to it. All you need to do is just text your name to the number 916-246-2468. And then after subscribing, reply with the word podcast. Again, you're going to text your name into this number, which is 916-246-2468. Do you see it kind of just skips there by two? So text your name there. And then after subscribing, reply with the word podcast. And then we'll text you as soon as one's available. If you happen to be in the Northern California region, We'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings where people from all over the area and the region come together for a night of food, friends, worship, teaching. It's so much fun. And so you can grab free tickets there for our upcoming gathering by going to epiclife.org tickets. And wherever you are in your faith journey, we just invite you to get connected with us, to grow, to create, to give, and to lead. We believe that you were made to change the world. 
And so you can learn more about what we are doing or what our community is doing at epiclife.org. We'll see you next time.